0: A good friend of mine asked me maybe a month or two ago to talk about fatigue. He thought I might have some interesting thoughts on it. Um, And it's definitely something that is important in guiding for sure. And I think there's a lot of different or a few different ways we can look at fatigue. And I've certainly kind of alluded to fatigue in other podcasts, um, you know, in terms of being a cause of accidents. And and certainly in the sustainability podcast, I kind of allude to the kind of like career fatigue. Sometimes that happens. Um, but, you know, fatigue is interesting. So if we think about it on like a client level, for example, you know, oftentimes you can kind of start gauging your clients level of fatigue by how they react to certain tasks. And especially the tasks that are kind of more basic, like tying in or hooking up a belay device, um, or just following simple commands, because you can see when they start getting tired, because when you start having increasingly level increasing levels of fatigue, your motor skills drop, and then your cognitive capacity drop so it's it's amazing when you watch a client like try to tie in and you're like ooh, they're kind of stumbling with this knot now or or hook up on a belay device like ooh, they're kind of stumbling with this now or you know they're just a little bit slower their their motions and their their um execution of a sequence of tasks has become a lot sloppier and you're like okay this person is starting to get fatigued so now i need to kind of think about the rest of my day and how I'm going to structure the rest of my day in terms of watching them fatigue and also be more and more observant of them um, and double-checking them even more so than you normally do, which is already a lot, um, because now you're, you're noticing that level of fatigue. And it's interesting because, you know, your clients are going through this level of fatigue over the day, right? But you also are going through um, fatigue. So oftentimes I find that just over from years and years of in the field that I've kind of built up a reserve of energy and I pace myself knowingly um, throughout a day. So by the end of the day, I actually have a lot more energy than my clients do, even if I don't necessarily eat a lot or drink a lot. So I don't do, if I don't do um, some self care, which is actually really important, you know, I still have this kind of ability to kind of have a higher level of consciousness and motor skills. And that's something that you just get from being in the field for a long time. But you do have to watch out for your own fatigue because if you're the one that is controlling um, and observing the risk factors and trying to create strategies to mitigate those risks, once you get – Overly fatigued, your ability for motor skills and um, cognitive awareness starts to drop as well, right? So, you know, that's important with your movement. So, climbing, you become a little sloppier when you climb. That's important with kind of transitions, especially more technical transitions where you might have to implement a sequence of technical steps and do it in a fairly precise and accurate way, which humans aren't really designed to do that well, quite frankly. Um, And then over, and just overall, like I said, watching the whole scenario. So your clients are relying on you to mitigate risk. So you have to really keep your fatigue in check. So self-care is pretty key in that, right? So eating and drinking through the day. Um, and it's very easy when you're guiding, um, especially if the weather's a little cooler, um, to not necessarily do the self-care as much. Um, and in the wintertime, I find that as well. Or if you're just doing a lot of stuff and you, know, you don't have a lot of time, you know that can be really challenging as well a lot of times um guides that i know are like you never eat or drink i'm like well i actually do eat and drink um i just do it very quickly um and oftentimes you don't notice it but some there are times when i don't eat or drink as much as i should and i make a try to make a conscious, conscious effort to do so especially in a winter environment where i'm putting out um a lot of big days a lot of like breaking trail as part of just getting to the climbs the climbing you know and being outside and being cold and all that stuff um so super super critical there, but also really hot days. It's really critical with that self care because you actually burn a lot of calories um, on hot days trying to cool. Um, so drinking a lot of water, um, eating food, you know, and, and thinking about how do we gain some of our electrolytes back with food and so on and so forth is pretty key. Um, so that self care piece is really helpful to kind of you know stave off that that fatigue that you get, you know, during a day. But I think for us as guides as well, if we kind of think about our fatigue levels, you know, we have kind of like this, you know, micro fatigue, like maybe you're on a climb and you're like, ooh, this arm's getting a little tired I need to rest, I need to shake out here, you know, so you kind of have these little bits of fatigue and you have kind of take that a little bit further back to like a daily fatigue, like, okay, I've been climbing all day with this client and it's getting l- later in the day, so now I have to really, you know, watch what I do for these repel descents now that I'm a little more fatigued and we're doing systems that are a little bit more risky inherently just because we're committing to systems you know I need to make sure I double check things, or maybe I need to slow down and make my systems a little simpler now because I'm a little tired right but then we also have kind of like seasonal fatigue and then we have kind of career fatigue right so kind of these you know short small um, micro fatigues that are just on a short time scale and then these longer ones, which can be days, weeks, months, years, decades, right? Which is kind of interesting. So I think, you know, if we kind of ramp it up, you know, if you're guiding, you know, a bunch, you know, days in a row, especially if you're doing a lot of lead climbing, um, you know, it's important that you get rest. You know, we all know that rest is important when you're training. It's the same thing when you're guiding. Um, And the older I get, the kind of more rest I need in between, you know, days of more physical guiding um, or more um, mental guiding, right? So if I'm doing a lot of instruction, you know, or a lot of short roping, I'm like, crunching a lot of data and my brain gets really tired because i'm just out there thinking about how can i present this topic to this diverse group of people and meet everybody where they're at and bring everybody to the next level and give everybody the appropriate tasks so there's a lot of mental wrangling there but also like if you're in short roping for example that can be really physically demanding but you're spending a a whole day or whatever just crunching data on a lot of minute levels um, and that can be just be really mentally draining so it doesn't always have to be a physically draining but a mentally draining piece of what we're doing um, as well but that rest is really key you know um so the fresher you are physically and mentally the better you're able to perform your job and then there, the safer you'll be because you'll be able to move a little bit more confidently you'll be able to think a little bit more clearly which is really key so fatigue and rest are really key it's just like think about fatigue is like training right you know Whenever you train, you also need to rest from that training. That's super important. And it's the same thing that happens with fatigue. We just don't – we don't oftentimes look at it as training, even though in some ways it kind of is. Um, but it's really important to have that that rest piece in there. Um, and I think, you know, over the course of a season, you know, you can get fatigued physically because maybe you're just doing lots of big days. Maybe you're doing a lot of alpine guiding where you have to – or a lot of ski guiding where you're putting out, you know, a lot of skin tracks breaking trail or put, putting big days in the mountain maybe carrying larger packs stuff like that but even in you know daily rock guiding um, you know you can be when you're stringing days upon days um, you you start getting fatigued over the course of the summer and if you don't the opportunity to rest that can start becoming more dangerous for you and your clients and then sometimes there's a pressure there to make hay when the sun shines so like get as much work as you can because you know that it's finite and that you might need to you know amass a certain amount of money to be able to bridge that shoulder season if you have shoulder seasons (laughs) i don't seem to have shoulder seasons that much anymore um so there's like this kind of financial pressure to kind of maybe get a lot of days in but it's super important to you know really remember what we're trying to do is mitigate risk and be safe out there. So that means we have to take rest. We have to kind of step back. And, you know, that also means maybe not going climbing on our rest days. That means truly resting, you know, or doing something different that kind of allows us to truly rest so we can be more fresh for our job. If we just go out on all of our rest days and just hammer our bodies Climbing, rock climbing—that's cool if you want to do that. But then again, you are not really resting and not being ready for your job. Once again, back to that climber's paradox, guiding paradox. Like, well, if we climb on our days off and we're tired for work, you know, all of a sudden we're putting ourselves and our clients at more risk because we we haven't allowed ourselves to rest, um, which is kind of interesting. And I think also. Um, when you're talking about kind of the larger cycles of fatigue, besides just the physical part, um, there's just like fatigue that comes in with um, being bored or maybe doing the same thing over and over again. And that becomes kind of mind numbing. You just kind of go out there and go on and push play and go on autopilot. And then that coupled with some physical fatigue, um, you start getting sloppy. You know, you start being less like, on edge and kind of looking for all the details and you kind of get a little bit of a glaze over your view of things. And then you're more prone to making mistakes, um, on those days when you're kind of just kind of on autopilot. So you have to be careful of that too. Um, and I've definitely experienced that you're like at the end of the season and you're like, Whoa, you know, you're like, I really need to double check stuff. Cause not only am I physically tired and mentally tired, but I kind of have this like boredom with what I've been doing. Um for various reasons, because it 's been stringing so many days together that now you know i 'm just not looking at all the details as crispy as i crisply as I like, and then i 'm like wow that's i, I just almost had an, an incident here I gotta really you know watch what i 'm doing, you know like really reel this thing in so and I also think at sometimes when you have kind of that um kind of career fatigue on like that seasonal level you start looking for ways to make it more interesting for you to go out every day. So you are trying new techniques, you're trying novel solutions to problems. And that's really cool because then you get to, you know, maybe reinvent how you use a certain train piece, like, oh, I've never done this sequence before. And that's, that's cool because also you're like, oh, I never thought of it this way, and this is a really neat way of doing this. Cool, and now I see this, this works really well. But sometimes you get in a position where you start forcing techniques because it's more interesting for you. You're like, well, maybe this isn't the best thing for my clients, and maybe it's fine for my clients, but like, I'm going to try this like, novel technique in this terrain set with these clients because it's just more interesting for me, or I'm going to try this, this transition that I don't usually do because it's more interesting for me to do that, and it is important to try new things. But you have to do that really in a way that's not risky for anybody involved. So that's that's the trick right there. Is trying new things is okay, but you can't expose yourself, your clients, to undue risk just because you're bored and you want to try something new. So, um, and I've spent a career of trying lots of things in with clients you know but i've always when i've tried them i've always done it in a in a situation where i thought the stability of the moment was really good so it's like all right i can add this try this thing in but i'm going to make sure i really you know do due diligence here and maybe have some fail safes in the system that may not be needed once you have it really wired but you know just to make sure that we're totally safe if i do this transition so maybe that's closing the system hard right for example um or whatever it is um But you do have to be careful not to um, try to check your boredom by just doing goofy stuff. There's also um, on a longer term scale or a larger scale, kind of like career fatigue. Like I've been doing this for X amount of years, you know, this many days a year, lots and lots of travel. So I'm constantly on the move. Um, I'm not home as much as I want to be. So what's the next step? Like I'm kind of tired of doing this work and what's the next step for me and that's that one's always an interesting like if you've committed to this this profession and this lifestyle you you may not have a recourse you may have a recourse i don't really have a recourse so i'm like well i don't really know what the next thing would be for me luckily i'm still um engaged in this work. And even though I, I am like, well, what's, what's the next step for me? How am I going to move forward with what I've gained over the last bunch of years and, and continue to do guiding that's interesting for me? Um, you know, th- that's a piece of fatigue, too. So how do you deal with that? Like, that's, that's something I'm still working on. I don't really have any answers for that one on that kind of larger scale, how to kind of reinvent yourself or reinvent your skill set That's kind of new and fresh and engaging, um, whether that's going into a different discipline or trying to use your skill set in a different way. um, Or maybe it just means you do something completely different. You're like, all right, I'm kind of done with this part. I'm done with guiding. I'm just going to move into a different field altogether um, with the benefit of all this insight and and experience I have in this field and maybe I applied it somewhere else. And that kind of reinvigorates you to kind of keep moving forward um, professionally in your life. But I think fatigue is really important, and once again, we can we have some telltale signs when we're watching our clients so their performance lags, and we have some telltale signs we have to be observant and objective with ourselves when we see our performance lag and be really honest with that. Um, so both on that kind of micro scale within 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 a day or during a day or within you know several days in a row or within. Um, the context of a season, um, or with the context of a career. So we definitely can see some telltale signs. But I think the biggest thing that we can do is try to fully rest our minds and our bodies so that we're fresher when we go out in the field. And then when you recognize that you're actually fatigued and you still have to work, you know, that's a great opportunity to kind of reel it in. Like, all right, I'm not going to do these techniques because I'm a little too tired to do this, right? And that's fine. You know, I may add more safeguards in um, to what I'm doing because I'm just fatigued. So whatever those safeguards may be, right? Um, And they may be safeguards that that are... extra on top of things that you may already be doing, but you're like, I'm just really fatigued, so I'm just going to be really conservative with this guiding. You know, I'm only going to climb these roots. I'm only going to do these, these transitions, you know, and I'm not going to do these things because I'm, I'm just too tired physically and mentally to kind of, you know, pull off some of this maybe more dynamic um, stuff over here. And that's fine too, right? We, we have to be aware of that um, and be willing to make those choices. And, you know, ultimately... Um, your clients will still have a good time, you know. And, and I also find, too, with fatigue that I, I get less chatty, you know. Um, I'm ultimately a pretty quiet person to begin with, but when I'm more and more fatigued, I have a harder time just connecting with people, so, you know, that, like, playlist of questions that you just, like, press play. Like, all right, where are you guys from? What's your climbing experience? You know, that becomes a little bit, you know, mundane in your head. So, you know, sometimes your personality, or at least my personality, kind of gets even more quiet Um, when I'm really fatigued so that's another thing I can kind of use as a as a gauge for my fatigue level but think about fatigue and think about ways that you can um, stay healthy you know get rest you know um, self-care over a short-term and long-term period Um, all those things are really important in this in this field.